Hello, I'm Alberto Orozco, CEO and Director for Capitan Mining. Uh, with me today is also Michael Gentili, one of our key investors in the company. And Capitan is a junior exploration company that's focused in its Cruz de Plata project in Durango, Mexico. We've been exploring a couple of the components there, including an oxide gold deposit, but more recently and more excitingly, a high-grade silver deposit that uh, it's, we've been publishing some results for in the recent weeks. Alberto, good to see you again, and Mike, good to see you. So a few days ago with one of your other um, projects. Um, Alberto, do you mind? I'm going to start with Mike, if I may, Alberto, because I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by um, his investment rationale, certainly in, in this climate at the moment. So, Mike, um, if you're okay, I'll start with you. What is going on in the market at the moment? It's it, it's it's a very uh, confusing time for investors, and I'm looking for actionable advice. What should they be thinking? Yeah, I mean, think obviously volatility's returned with a vengeance since the beginning of the year. If you flash back to January first, we had the rate hike fears, so the the Fed pivoted more hawkishly, and the rate hike expectations, along with the higher inflation numbers, had the Fed funds uh, rate hike expectations rising almost on a weekly basis. That took the the first wind out of the market January, February, and obviously, as we all know now, very topical the unfortunate war that we're seeing in Ukraine. So that's dramatically increased volatility in the markets, as you all know. Uh, what's also done, Matthew, is dramatically increase the price of commodities. Many of your viewers will be will highly aware that most commodities look like you know, flagpoles straight up due to the supply disruption, the inflationary nature of war, the impact of that conflict. Um, you know, In terms of the commodities, uh, they're obviously trading day to day on every headline out of Russia and Ukraine. But, but longer term, I think my view for the market and precious metals in particular, Matthew, has been that the Fed was going to have a really hard time raising rates at all, uh, even before the conflict in Ukraine. Now that you see the commodities putting, you know, octane gasoline on the fire of inflation pressures, the Fed is really in a very difficult spot right now because, you know, a $10 increase in the price of oil is basically equivalent to a 25 basis point rate increase. You've had a $50 move in the price of oil the last three to four months. That's a 125 basis point increase, 125 basis points increase potentially in the market and the consumer's face. And as the Fed starts to raise rates into that, your risks of triggering a recession to me are increasing by the day. So the Fed is going to be in a very difficult spot maybe having to raise rates slower or choosing to orchestrate a recession to cool things down. That's very bullish, in my opinion, for the precious metals, because what that means is it's going to be very hard for the Fed to complete the rate hike cycle and that the rates, negative real rates probably go even lower from here on the back of that fear. Um, so that's that's the kind of setup for precious metals. The other commodities are very much how long is the disruption going to last? Uh, how long is Russia going to be shut out of the markets? How much of these supply disruptions are going to continue in the future? Uh, clearly, Russia is not going to be welcomed back to the table uh, the day after the conflict ends. So I think there'll be some lingering for supply disruptions or issues in the supply chain there from commodities. So that should keep the prices more elevated than normal. But they are vulnerable to, to pullbacks on some type, some type of resolution here in the near term. Right. Right. I think that's a really interesting point. And again, I'm just looking for advice for re re retail investors in terms of the, the thought process. You say it's really good news for precious metals. Why? Just why precisely is should that be the case? Why shouldn't people be hoarding cash? Yeah, I mean, look, cash is is obviously another safe asset to be in the short term. In the long term, the value of paper money is being devalued by the second with the money printing out continue, and especially if the Fed decides to likely slow down the rate hike path or pull back on it or let inflation run hotter than expected. People, what was, what was the CPI in Italy? Uh, I saw it yesterday, forty-one percent. I mean, you have to rub your eyes to see that's not a misprint, right? We had seven point nine in the U.S. That's that's devaluing of your paper currency by the second, by the week, by the month. So you can hold cash for a couple of months, but the longer you hold cash, the less valuable it's going to be in the future if inflation persists at these, at these levels or even lower levels. 
um, precious metals versus base metals, let's say, or other the more you know economically sensitive commodities. If I'm right that the Fed may be engineering a recession by raising rates into a rapidly escalating inflationary commodity price environment, in that environment, most of the cyclical commodities like copper, oil, they'll, they'll do poorly because people will see demand destruction and therefore those commodities will roll over. Whereas gold will benefit because they'll see the next rate cut rate kite cycle or QE5 or 7 or wherever you are in the process will be kind of amping back up again to support the economy. So gold is more insulated from that type of date risk versus the other more cyclical commodities are more vulnerable to that. Uh, and then the market, obviously the stocks will be trading on recession fears versus the Fed's accommodation likely to come back at some point in the future. Okay, we, we, better, we better broaden this out to precious metals given where I think we're about to go with this conversation. Um, it's not just gold, <laughs> it's silver too. Uh, but it, as, again, sticking with the investor um, thematic because I'm, tr- I'm trying, to, trying to help people here is oh, clearly you can, you can go um, physical gold in whatever shape, mm-hmm. coins, however you, want to, however you want to buy that, ETFs, you can do equities. Um, Number of ways you can you can come at this. What 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 do you think this is going to mean for if we go down the equities route? Uh, developers clearly means more cash. The price price of gold means more cash for them. It possibly means therefore more M and A for them. And when does it drip down through developers and down into exploration companies like yourself? How long is that going to take? That's a fantastic question, Matthew. And obviously, I think if you look what the gold price has done recently, but you look at the GDXJ, we're still 20 to 30% off the levels we were last time. Gold was $2,000 an ounce. So the, the stocks have been lagging, partly because probably there's a lack of belief that the, that'll sustain these levels, but it hasn't seen to buy gold stocks into a spike like this. Uh, you've also seen you know, retail, you, you, you do a great job in the space, but overall, broader retail participation in gold equities is very, very low. I mean, there's hardly any participation, even from generalist funds in gold equities. So the sector remains dramatically underowned. So there's a lot of room on this boat versus the, the technology and the you know, general market boat that's been stuffed to the gills for the last five years, right, in terms of participation. Um, what you're starting to see happen, Matthew, you saw the mega mergers. We saw the merger of equals in the mid-tiers. We're starting to see the single asset producers disappear month by month. There are many quality tier one single asset producers left on the board. And now last six months, you started to see some of the pre-production earlier, long, uh, closer to development stage stories like Battle North Gold, GT Gold, start to get taken out. So that's the third wave of M&A. I think you're going to start seeing now the earlier stage companies like Capitan Mining that are, have a resource that are moving quickly down that path start to get acquired because the producers' currencies are hitting all-time highs. Their cash flows are hitting all-time highs. They've done all the big mergers they possibly could do. Now they've got to fill their pipeline to make sure the resources and reserves stay flat or grow for the next 10 to 20 years. And there's a lack of development or exploration spend in those companies in general. So they're going to start moving down cap. And as soon as a few of those companies start to get taken out, I think the whole sector is going to re-rate as they see the dramatic value. You could see 50, 100% premiums in the junior exploration space. And these deals are still wildly accretive for the buyers. So that I think that's the next stage to kick off. And these higher gold prices and higher stock prices, hopefully for the seniors, is going to give them the currency and confidence to start moving down cap. I was just at a major mining conference two weeks ago, and the tone from the bigger companies I talked to has changed a lot in the last two years. Two years ago, it was cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, dividends, you know, cost. Now they're starting to talk about growth again. It's a, it's a subtle change, but a very important change, and they feel like they have the license to grow again. That's fantastic news for the, the smaller companies in the sector, like Capitan and others that have quality assets that will be desirable to those larger companies in the future. 
Okay, it's a it's a, a pattern which um, repeats. Um, it really is. Um, so let, let's stick. Well, let's stick with that thought, which which is you have got a portfolio. Of, you've come, you've made a bit of money in, in oil and gas. You've come into the mining space. You've you've worked out what you're looking for, and you've gone and invested reasonably early stage with companies that meet your investment profiles. Can you, do you mind sharing that investment profile with us, just so we understand what in your eyes good looks like? Yeah, absolutely. I had a 15, 20 careers as an institutional investor before striking out on my own. And I've actually got back in the institutional management business a few weeks ago and restarted a new firm. But I'm very keenly focused on the junior exploration space. And what I tried to do is find companies at the earliest stage possible and preferably the lowest valuation possible that in my eyes have all the earmarks of a commercial producing mine in the future. So if you can identify these companies, like I think Capitan has a shot at that as well, at five, 10, 20 million dollar mark caps, where you say they've got the team They've got the assets, they've got the expiration upside, and they've got the jurisdiction to be a producing asset in the future. That's how you make 20, 30 times your money in the, in the investment sector, junior expiration sector. So using the filter of an institutional investor, knowing what a producing asset looks like, a $500 million to $1 billion asset looks like at maturity, and then you know reverse engineering which juniors have a shot at becoming that in the future. And in a bear market, fortunately for me, the last three or four years, most of these juniors are trading at bargain basement valuations at you know four or five cents on the dollar. So picking up as many quality projects as possible at the low point in the cycle. And now as the cycle hopefully starts to, to turn up and, and heat up and these ass companies start to deliver on their on their timelines and their and their aspirations, you can see major ratings in these in these stocks and this group as the time goes on. So really having an institutional lens in a space that's not properly followed, not properly researched, poorly understood. Due to the lack of liquidity, most institutional investors will not spend their time on, on a 15 million market cap because they cannot invest in it. So having that professional lens in a space that's less professionally followed is a big advantage for me. Well, it, I guess also the erratic nature of trying to invest in something which is sentiment-based rather than fundamentals-based is uh, well, quite stressful. I imagine. So who wants it's to do that? It's opportunities though, right? The, the, you, you sell the fear, you buy the fear and, you, and that, there's been a lot of fear, a lot of pessimism in the last four or five years in the space, as you know. So that creates incredible opportunities to kind of cherry pick quality assets at, at valuations that should never be trading at in the first place. Absolutely. Okay. Well, like, let's, let's get into the um, project. Thank, thanks very much for that. I just wanted to, you to kind of share your thoughts on, on, the, on the macro, but also an investment, investment thesis too, because it's, it's kind of working out for the rest of your portfolio. So... Alberto, it is it's time for us. Um, um, thank you for bearing with us. So we haven't spoken since July, and I just wonder if it's probably worth kind of going over a few things which uh, people new to the story might might not appreciate. So when we start with you, can you give us a little bit about your background and experience relevant to what you're trying to do here? Yeah, absolutely, uh, Matt. Uh, well, uh, we've mentioned that we have a great team, uh, and myself and, and most of our team that, that we've assembled um, have been together, we're together at Argonaut Gold. So we've basically been able to reassemble that exploration team and put it back together now in Capitan. And during our time in Argonaut, we were able to expand and develop a number of projects and even be involved with the operations and other aspects of the company. So that's, that's very important because we have a, a broad uh, range of experience. But this is a team that we've been putting together for the last 16 years over three previous companies in which we've had successes as well in early discovery and development of companies. Um, so that the, the team here is a big part of the story for Capitan experienced in country and with the right experience in this type of projects. Okay, so you, sorry, which, which were the companies? I got Argonaut Gold, what else? What are the other companies you guys have? Successful? Previous companies were Pediment, Pediment Gold and Linear Gold before that. And, and you know the rest of the team has worked in, in other opportunities, but that's, at the linear goal point, that's where we started assembling the team we have today and, and been expanding it through these three companies. 
Right. Okay. So just following on from Mike, what Mike said in terms of what uh, he, he was looking for, um, I guess you guys had choices because last time we spoke, you were sort of a $10 million company and it was, you know, er, er, early days. And yet you're chasing sort of uh, low grade bulk, uh, gold oxide. Um, you now seem to be also have silver in the portfolio. So what's changed since I last saw you? Since last we spoke in, it was June actually. And we were drilling the oxide gold portion of the of the deposit. Uh, that made sense in a number of ways. One, because most of our experience was focused on the oxide gold heap leachable uh, deposit. So, and we saw the potential to grow that quickly and efficiently. So we were doing that back at that time. But from day one, we recognized too the potential for the high grade silver. Uh, that was there from previous operators of the uh, project. You know, there were grades intersected uh, like seven meters uh, of close to a kilo silver or 0.9 meters of over three kilo silver. Those intercepts were there before we recognized them. It was part of our initial evaluation, but we weren't ready to drill that yet. We needed to do uh, some land consolidation. We One of the uh, important things we've done since we uh, last met Matt was to acquire a royalty that the project had and that was an important part of advancing and de-risking the project uh, before we got into the silver. What, what, one what thing was the royalty happened, over? Oh, sorry, if you don't mind. It asking. was up to 2%. Uh, it was a sliding scale royalty, but it was up to 2%. And it also included additional acquisitions that we might make around the project. So we really wanted to eliminate that before we, we were able to move on other uh, acquiring additional properties. We've also been evaluating acquiring additional properties. That's That's been making progress. Um, and, and we wanted to you know, uh, try to tie that up if possibly before moving on to the silver. But what happened is that as we were drilling the oxide gold deposit, we pierced through you know, a, a large intersection of the gold as we expected, but just underneath, we hit the high-grade silver mineralization with the same signature as we see in the Jesus Maria silver deposit, which is just to the north. So that basically was an unintentional 350 meter step out on the silver. And that, that opened up the silver potential for the property. And that's when we decided to start focusing on the silver. We have also since um, published the first results of the, out of that program. We announced a 5,000 meter initial drill program on the silver that's focusing mostly on the uh, Jesus Maria zone. Uh, we drilled 10 holes last late last year that made it to the uh, to the lab late last year. We published four of those. The first four we got out of the lab with some really nice high grade results um, out of them. Uh, and, and we continue to drill today. We have put another five drill holes in the lab and we continue drilling uh, right now. So that's that's uh, in a nutshell, you know, the, the, the excitement that we have that the change, there's been a lot of changes since we last um, spoke. And, and one key thing too, we changed the name of the project. It was formerly known as the Peñoles uh, Gold Project, Gold Silver Project. It's now known as the Cruz de Plata Silver Gold Property. Okay, good. So a, a, a lot to kind of uh, take in there. So when you say silver focus, that means you're a silver company now first, then a gold company, but the gold is not being parked up and forgotten. There's some value to that. There is a lot of value there. We, we love the gold part. Uh, it's just that uh, we had not explored the silver potential. We, and we believe that there's great potential with the high-grade silver. It's just very uh, at an early stage. When you look at the resource that, that we had, 
that was our starting point as Capitan. Previous operators put 10,000 meters into this project. 7,000 of those were in the gold and only 3,000 were in the silver. And that's, that's a tiny amount of drilling to put into a high-grade vein uh, deposit, uh, which you know, you, you'll see in other projects, you know, upwards from 50,000 up to 100,000 meters of drilling for this type of deposit. This is just the start, but the return that uh, came out of those 3,000 meters was very high. Now, there were some really good intercepts. Yeah, yeah, like 1,350 um, grams of silver over a meter and a half and 1,200 over a meter and a half and 400 over 10, nearly 11 meters. It, it, it is super, super high grade. But what's the task at hand? Because obviously, I think um, last April, you, you raised some money, 3.2 million, where I think Mike came in seriously or meaningfully. Um, you, I don't know where you are with cash today, but... What do you need to do this year in terms of pursuing that high-grade silver? Do you, you're obviously going to try and find more of it, but you know the source of it and and so forth. But what's the what's the plan around the the, the drilling this year? So uh, th we have this five thousand meter initial program, uh, and and the first thing we want to do is to start showing scale at the Jesus Maria Silver. Uh, it's obviously 5,000 meters is not the full drill program we want to make. We know that this is going to take a much larger drill program to really explore the full potential of this silver zone. But these initial 5,000 meters are meant to first understand the structural controls, show that it has scale, that this it's going to require for sure you know, a larger program, that we continue to hit the high grades that were hit by previous operators, uh, we have done that as well. And then we're also going to start evaluating some of the additional targets that we have in the area. So far, we had been focusing on, on the single vein target of the Jesus Maria zone. We've been doing additional work, including surface evaluation of the drilling, modeling, et cetera, that has now led us to come up with four distinct targets uh, just in the resource area alone, five, if we consider the San Rafael area, which are the Jesus Maria vein, which is where the historical mine is located, an intersection with another structure we now call the Gully Fault, which might be the feeder system into the Capitan Oxide. We have additional high-grade samples to the north that uh, have not been drilled, so that's a brand new target that, that has come up. And of course, hole 29 that drilled underneath the Capitan Oxide gold zone and found these, uh, this same style of silver mineralization underneath, that was a completely blind discovery, and that opens up the potential for additional structures underneath the, the Capitan Oxide deposit. So four distinct targets uh, in the resource area alone, and a fifth in the San Rafael zone, which is also a historical mine, um, where only five drill holes were drilled by the previous operators, all intersecting mineralization, and that's not part of a resource today. So that's another place where we could, we know there's mineralization, we know that there's strong geology, and we could add additional resources with more drilling. Okay, so and so, what did what did you um, say with regards to the the funding and the budget at the moment for that five thousand meters? Is that is that fully funded, or are we looking for more capital? We're fully funded for this program. Um, we closed the year at around two million in the bank, and we're fully funded for this program. Right, which finishes when? 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 when so when, when does that close out? And when this can we start seeing it? In around April, April this year. Uh, the drilling stops and, and the assays are coming through at a reasonable rate, are they again? Yeah, the assays, we'll expect the assays through May, uh, potentially. So we're going to have a pretty good news flow 
all of this year, all of the first half of this year from the Jesus Maria song. Okay, so so just and I just want to be clear. You, the idea, the end game is to obviously show that this thing is scale. I think Mike's outlined that he's looking for projects which can, which can be can be mines. Um, you've got this high grade component at the moment. So are we going to see lots more high grade for the first, well, for the rest of this five thousand meters, and then eventually we work to scale. I just want to be really clear about. I know you've got, you described it, but what what what's the type of drilling precisely that you're going to be going after? Uh, are there some quick wins? We, we're going to expect uh, some similar results out of this uh, five, entire 5,000 meter program as we have published. We're drilling the mainly the Jesus Maria structure that is showing some really good continuity in, in at least two initial high-grade shoots that have been identified and we'll be looking for more. But yes, we can expect more high-grade silver results back from this initial program. Okay, so so it's it's um, you're, you're chasing these high-grade veins and trying to find the source, um, but it's we're not expecting you to kind of do some sort of regimented drilling. You're going for those four targets and the scale doesn't come now. It's a case of trying to find the, the, the piece that is going to allow you to prove out the scale at some, some point this year. Yeah, we, we won't be able with this program to show the entire scale, obviously, of the project. It's only 5,000 meters. We know that these, these type of deposit takes a lot more, but we will be able to show that there's grade there, that there's good continuity, and that that potential for scale is definitely present, and that this will require additional exploration to show its full potential. If I could jump in for a second, Matt, just, just to let you know, so that the step-out hole under the oxide deposit was 350 meters away on strike, for the current high grade veins we put out this past week. So that's a big step out going 350 meters. And then heading to the Northeast, while Alberto's talking about, we have chip samples of four or 500 grams silver to the Northeast. So we're, no, Alberto, help me on the, on the distance here, but kilometer, kilometer and a half of strike. So if you can put holes over a kilometer and a half of strike showing high grade silver, that's already showing you significant scale. I think what Alberto's getting to is we're not gonna have a resource done with 5,000 meter drilling, but the market will be able to connect the dots to say, this is a significant silver system. And coming to the Northeast, we have San Rafael as well. So it's about three kilometers now of strike where we're seeing consistent silver mineralization. That's that's kind of big time scale in terms of potential size of silver. The other point I'd make too, is that the gold oxide deposit, I'm looking for economic deposits. We talked about earlier, Matthew, right? The having 500, 700,000 ounces of oxide gold right next door to high grade silver lowers your hurdle for economic production. You've, you've already have scale on this project. Now we're adding on the high octane, high grade silver on top of it it dramatically increases the likelihood of this project being an economic proposition or an economic mine. It's exactly where I was going. It is a case of, um, I wonder, because we've seen it before, people people get a little bit cute with the way that they report these things. You've done a big step out, and I guess the, the, the kind of cheat, the cheat sheet version would be, well, let's kind of drill between uh, there and, 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 and come, come back in rather than stepping out meaningfully and trying to understand the scale of the opportunity ahead um, and, and, you know, truly be able to show their scale to this rather than just keep delivering these high grade headlines it it's it's it, it happens in the industry so you you're doing things the right way and for the right reasons so that's all i wanted to get to um so right um clearly you're not gonna um, well you can't make decisions with regards to raising money or whether what that amount will be until you see what comes back through the rest of the 5,000 meter um, drill program. Um, what can you tell us about what you think is going to happen this year? Well, I think this year, uh, most likely, we after we finish this program, we will have shown that there's a very, a very interesting system in the silver with high grades. We will have shown that there are additional structures there to be drilled in veins in, in the silver system as well. We are already reporting some of those results uh, out of our drilling. 
but that are, at, let's say, at the discovery stage. So I think that will be shown as well very clearly. And, and that this is going to get larger. We might also get into doing a resource estimate for the oxide gold part, uh, which we've done. You know, we've added 12,000 meters additionally from the initial 7,000 that were there. And we have basically doubled the footprint on strike and down dip of the gold deposits. That's, that's, you know, that was our first entire focus on of the company. And, and we also not only expanded on that footprint of what we call the main zone, but added significant volume to in what is now known as the hanging wall zone of the oxide gold deposit. So uh, most likely a, a resource estimate uh, or, or a, a new resource estimate on the gold oxide is also coming and definitely more drilling on the silver targets. Okay. So when you, so when you say that has some future um, value, obviously the first resource, let's say it's half a million ounces broadly because we're at 350 now, it'll add a bit more at roughly what, somewhere between uh, half a gram and, and one gram. Is that, is that fairly consistent throughout on the gold? It's very consistent on the gold. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a low grade deposit. It's uh, just under a half a gram, but uh, it has other characteristics that make it uh, very interesting. For one, it looks a lot like the deposits that we've worked to the south uh, that Argonaut Gold is currently operating, El Castillo and San Agustin. And, and what makes those work is because they're also low-grade deposits similar to what we have. And it's a good continuity of the mineralization. It's a deep oxidation. It's uh, a deposit that's close to surface. And in our case, also the topography is working very favorably for, uh, for the geometry of the deposit to be open pitable. So all of those elements are there and we, we really like it. And even though it's high, it's low-grade, uh, it could really work. Okay. Okay. So the okay. It depends how you so I guess come come out of that in the in the future and what budget you allocate to try and understand that that continuity. Um. So just on that, just on the, something you said earlier with regards to you, you have removed the royalty now. That that's completely gone. What did that cost you? One million US. Okay. And that's paid up, or that was paid up front, was it, or was that in stages? No, that that had a small payment up front, and it's going to be paid fully over two years. Okay. Okay. Fine. So, because I know, it's obviously, compared to your cash position when we last spoke to today, you, you haven't exactly burnt through a lot of uh, cash. So, so, the royalty was relatively inexpensive, and there was the tying up land. That that's again not expensive, but time consuming. I'm trying because I'm just looking at your share price. It seems like it's kind of moved sideways and a little bit down. If anything, I, I guess press middle market pressures were were there. Um, it's not a case of you weren't doing anything. It's just you were having to do some admin. It feels like. We, we did, yeah. The, the royalty, uh, you know, took some some uh, work. You know, we were working uh, strongly on that. We really wanted to remove that that royalty. We were successful at doing that. Um, we we continue to look for opportunities to strengthen our our land position there. We haven't yet added uh, additional ground, but we're still working on it, and we believe going in a in the right direction. Uh, and. And the the, uh, the gold part, you know, when it's low grade, it might not be as exciting. It's hard to get the market excited about it. But it's important to point out other projects that you know are very similar and there are working and that have made companies a lot of money. El Castillo, with very similar grade, very similar dimensions, made Argonaut. That was Argonaut Gold's first mine. Uh, it made them a lot of cash, especially in the first years. It continues operating today. It's been operating since 2015. And, and I think the market forgets this type of thing. And additionally, the open pitable oxide deposits are all gone. You know, they, they were all put into production in the previous market, the ones that were you know, feasible to do. 
and there's not a single one to be found today. So you, you know you do see uh, some higher grade silver stories, particularly, uh, but you don't see many disseminated open pitable gold deposits. Right. Okay. So th there's money to be made. Y you just your job is to show us. What, you know how that's going to happen. Okay, um, just so I just want to kind of finish on the, on the kind of share rates. Obviously, Mike's joined us today as a, as a major shareholder um, as well. But it's it's a very tight uh, share structure you, you guys have got, and the and the and the register is is quite interesting to me for a company of, of this size. But you, I don't think you're getting recognised. What you're sub twenty five million market cap at the moment, and most of that's come. In the last few weeks, you've dou doubled the share price in, in the last two weeks, gone from sort of low twenties to low forties at the moment. So, uh, how do you how do you get that story out there? You know, you, well, in fact, do you think it's a, think it's of any relevance or benefit to you? Do you want me to grab that one, Matt? I mean, for yeah, me, it's, it's, for a big, it. it's a huge benefit. That's that's something when I get involved, Matt, you talk about the team, the asset, the jurisdiction, and the the like likelihood of it becoming a commercial producing asset. Sort of the key things I focus on. Another thing I focus on very strongly to my background in finance is exactly what you said. The share register, who owns the shares, how sloppy is the cap structure? You look here, what, 57 million shares, basically zero warrants outstanding, very few options outstanding, uh, no cheap paper in there. So not guys that have penny paper that can flip it out and looking for easy easy churning of the stock. So we've got a very tight register, 10 or 15 holder, I think owns 60, 65% of the company. Uh, Gord Fernandez is on the call, very strong strategic advisor for the company. He's very, very careful with his cap structure. Many companies are not careful with their cap structure. And quite often, I, I avoid stories that have cap structures that are a mess, or I have to get involved in a story that takes a year and a half to two years to clean up the cap structure, to put the company in a place where the stock can trade at the valuation where it should. In this case here, I'm very, very happy with the cap structure, very supportive, sticky, you know, high net worth shareholders in the company. So there's no overhang from the cap structure. And, and if anything, that's that's why the stock's reacted well the last couple of weeks, because it's very tightly held. So the, with the good news flow we're having and hopefully to continue to have in the future, uh, the re-rating should continue, in my opinion, because there's not a lot of overhang of of the stock going to be pushing back in our face here. Okay, well, look, guys, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. I just wanted to, um, you know, speak to you. Uh, we've, we've seen the re the results on the silver side of things. I think that's that makes it quite an exciting uh, story at the moment, with obviously the benefit of the of the gold oxides in the background. But um, stay in touch. Let us know how you get on. Uh, certainly with the, with the drill program, we'd love to have you back on. Absolutely, we'll we'll love to be back, Matt. Uh, we are going to have a. You know, a lot of news coming here in the future, results coming. So, you know, we'd love to update you on that.